Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's back out to Gibbs. Much, much better from Arsenal. Arteta. Sanya with a header. What a goal that was. Bakary Sanya timed his run to perfection and the Gunners have a lifeline. He hasn't scored for over a year. Could that be a crucial goal for Arsenal? Happened so fast, everything happened so fast. Like, I lost my brother in a way like I didn't expect. I managed to separate my private life and my work. But obviously, you have a setback, and I think I had the setback later on in my second season where everything became slow, where I struggled to focus and I made mistakes. Like, I was not myself, I knew I could, I could perform better, but I know what I can, I can bring to a team, and I was not myself until, until uh, the psychology team came to me and talked to me and I opened up. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of In Lockdown with me, Josh James. Before we get going with today's interview, just a reminder to make sure that you subscribe to this series so that you always get the latest show as soon as they're released. Our guest this time around is Bakary Sanya. Bak was arguably the best right back in the country during his time at Arsenal and he played his part in some truly historic games. So thanks very much for joining us today, Bak. Uh, First of all, where are you speaking to us from? Hi everyone. Well, uh, I'm based in Montreal now. I live in Montreal, Canada since I came and played in MLS. So I'm home. I'm staying in and uh, I'm just being patient like uh, like everyone because we have a, a lockdown here in Montreal and uh, and yeah, we have to respect it. So I'm home. I'm doing everything from home. I'm here with my family. I'm doing homeschool for my, for my kids and uh, and yeah, everything uh, everything is okay. Cool, that's good. Well, we've got um, a lot to get through because you spent seven seasons at Arsenal. You played nearly 300 games, so there's lots to cover. Let's go right back. You'd grown up at Auxerre in France. It had been your whole, like your your youth career had been there. So it must have been a big decision, was it, for you to leave, to join Arsenal in 2007? Well, you know, I, I reached the academy when I was 15 years old. Uh, I went to, to boarding school and at the same time I was training. So I graduated little by little until I reached the professional side. But uh, I still played three years, three full years in, as a professional for the first team in, in Auxerre, and I fully enjoyed it. I was able to, to be surrounded by players like Philippe Maxes, like Boom Song, like Cissé. So I learned a lot with them. 
And uh, I think moving to Arsenal was the right time for me because after playing three full season, I was playing for French national team under 21 or so. And, uh, and I felt good. I felt confident. And uh, I think Arsenal move came at, at the right time of my career. What I want to know is, though, why did you wear the number three shirt? Why did was that your choice? Did you get told to wear the number? It's very unusual for a right back to to have the number three. Well, in Oxford, number two was taken by uh, by another player, um, which was at the, that time the best right back of France. So I learned a lot looking at looking up to him. And so I used to wear number twenty nine. Coming to Arsenal, number two was taken by Abu Dhabi. Yeah. So obviously, I couldn't take it. And uh, and they just told me, look, I'm gonna be wearing number three. But back in the days, I didn't know it had a meaning. I just said, okay, no problem. Three is for a defender, so it might be a bit weird for me to wear number three because usually left back has to mm. to wear it. But not many many numbers were available. Other numbers were like big numbers, so I got to number three. But at the end, realized maybe one or two years later. I realised by talking with Guy Clichy. So in your first 17 games at Arsenal, you remained unbeaten. You must have been thinking that English football was really easy, were you, at this point? <laughs> I was already thinking about lifting the cup, to be honest. Because <laughs> everything was going so well for us. Even when whenever we played, and, and I think during the first game we were like, most of the time, one is down, but we always manage to come back and we always manage to win. Especially the first game against Fulham, where we were losing, we were dominating and, and we managed to win at the end. And every single game was the same scenario, you know? So I was so confident that we would win the league and I was thinking, oh, that's great. My first season, I would be like lifting the cup and the trophy. Yeah, because everything was, was going well on the pitch. Um, we had a 28-game unbeaten run in all competitions and that that remains the longest in the club's history so I mean just how good was that team it it almost gets forgotten that team because it didn't win the league but how good do you think it was you know we played free of mind we were just friends playing football and enjoying football together and we didn't realize the impact it had on the pitch and off the pitch also we were so into it and we just had fun during training session and and we just gave 100% game after game, not thinking about about what's next. You know, we enjoyed that moment. And I believe the fact that we had Arsene Wenger helped us a lot because he was always positive, always trying to, to have the good word and always put us in the best conditions to, to perform. And and I think we had a good, good bond on the team and a good team spirit. So it looked like, as you said, we were going to win the trophy, win the league that year. I guess the big turning point was the game away to Birmingham when, of course, Eduardo got injured. What are your memories of, of that day? Ooh, it was it was a, a weird day, you know? The game seems abordable. The, the game seems like we're going to win the game, but we were running down. I think they scored a free kick, if I remember, against, against the odd. But uh, we kept playing as a team. We kept playing well. We kept having chances until, uh, until Eduardo got, uh, got injured. And it was a shock to everyone. I remember Sesk being white by seeing the injury, the impact of the injury. And uh, yeah, we were shocked because Eduardo was, as I said, our brother. And when someone gets hurt, everyone is hurt. I don't know if it had an impact on the rest of the game. But uh, yeah, for sure, it was a, a turning point in our, in our season. Yeah, you said that Cesc Fabregas particularly looked shocked. I remember 
I remember the game, a lot of players were walking around the pitch. It looked like they struggled to really focus on the game. Was that was that what it was like? Some players maybe took it harder than others? I think, yeah. I believe we're all different, you know, and uh, we all express our feelings in a different way and and some will take it, some will, will keep going and some will struggle to do it and we are only humans and I think everyone got hurt in a way and some more than others, you know. But unfortunately, it's part of, uh, of football and we know by playing football, we... We can get injured quite badly, and uh, and yeah, it was a it was a bad day. We lost we lost it all, honestly, because we didn't win because we lost one of our players, and uh, he he was he was scoring every single goal. He was clinical, you know. That season, he, every time he was in front of the goal, he used to score, and he was so confident. And you know, when you we stick together, we stick together, and we fight together. And when you lose someone back in the day, we were young. And maybe we didn't know how to deal with this kind of injuries because for most of us, it was the first time to see it live. And you have to be able to be, to, to separate feelings and, and work. But as I said before, we only humans. And, and yeah, it was just a bad day, a bad memory. There was a lot of attention on William Gallas as well at, at that time. He was the captain of, of the team. What, what was your take on that? How do you think um, he handled it? Because presumably you, you, someone that you know well... Um, another Frenchman. How did you think he coped with it? Well, obviously, he didn't react in a good way because he should have, he should have not stayed on the pitch that day. Maybe he was upset. We were all upset. And he stayed on the pitch and made a statement in front of everyone. That was his mistake. But I know William, and he came from a, deep inside, he came from a, like a with a, a good intention, you know. He was not happy and he knew we how good we were and he didn't accept the team like losing points this way, you know. One more time, it was not the, the right attitude to have as a captain also because he was probably our main player back in the days and uh, everyone would have loved him to maybe to express it in a, in a dressing room like it should happen in, anywhere. But uh, I don't want to... To say he is the reason why we fell that season, because after that it, it became a big story in England. Yeah, maybe as player we should have protected him a, a bit more and deal deal uh, with the situation inside, you know. But we didn't, and I think I have the feeling like we let it down also at the same time, you know. What the players, the other players? I think so. Yeah, maybe we were upset, but at the end of the day, we still had so many games to play. Yeah, you know. Made a mistake. If you have to to let him know, let him know. But then look forward to keep performing. You know. Yeah, because we were still in the title race, weren't we? After that, we, we were yes. Until maybe we until the probably the Chelsea game when when you got injured, it was the end yeah. of your season. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to bring this up, but it's just when you look back at the season, that was a huge turning point um, because you had scored your first Arsenal goal in that game. We were winning. And then you got, um, I think, was it a an ankle injury? Yeah, I twisted my ankle and uh, I got uh, I tore my ligament. And yeah, it was it was also a weird game because Chelsea was back in the days one of the best team in the in the league. They had so many big players, you know. I used to <laughs> to watch these players on TV, and suddenly I'm here playing against against them, and I'm scoring my first goal also. 
one month after losing my brother, so full of emotions. And uh, and I remember clearing the ball, and uh, and I think the pitch was a bit uh, a bit slippery, you know. And my back heel like slipped a bit more than it should, and I tore my ligament. So I believe I could play. It was like painful, but not so much. But uh, it took like four to five minutes before I realized I couldn't play anymore, you know. And maybe two or three minutes after Ebway came in, it is caught. It was like a terrible scenario, honestly. I was thinking, okay, now we are in a good shape of winning the game and we are confident. And maybe we're going to create more chances and we're going to win the game. But at the end of the day, I was injured. We lost points. We lost it all, you know. And all, it was the end of my season. How, how difficult was that for you off off the pitch, watching the team? And as you said, you'd had your, your terrible um, family tragedy as well to deal with. It must have been a really difficult time. You're still really new to London at that point, your first year in London. I didn't really realise, you know. It happened so fast. Everything happened so fast. Like, I lost my brother in a way like I didn't expect. From one day to another, it was gone. But then we had the... Champions League game against AC Milan maybe one week later, so I had to play because to me I couldn't let the team down, you know. I managed to separate my private life and my work. But obviously you have a setback, and I think I had the setback later on my second season where everything became slow, where I struggled to focus, and I made mistakes. Like I was not myself. I knew I could I could perform better, but I know what I can bring to the team, and I was not myself. Until until uh, the psychology team came to me and talked to me and I opened up. But I used to do like <laughs> I used to go training like like a, like a robot, you know. I used to drive oh, really? to training and not even remember the way I really. This was the next in your second season. Yeah, yeah. Because I never I never opened up, you know. Yeah, I'm always quiet. This is my nature, you know. And uh, I don't like the show off, you know. I'm here to train to to give my best and. And then if I have to, to step forward, I would. But uh, I'm naturally quiet. Yeah. Do you think that's, that talk with the psychologist really helped you then to, to get back to your form? I know deep inside I could have done better. I could have been more decisive, whether with Arsenal or even with the national team. I know I could have done better. I don't know <laughs> if it had a big impact on, on my confidence, but at some point I was not so confident like I was during my first season, you know. And it took time before before I came back to normal. But I know during my whole life it would have been different if 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 nothing happened, you know, because I would have played three of mine. But then also you have at the same time you have to deal with critics. As confident as I was, as less confident I became at some point of my life and at some point of my career, you know. And it's not easy to deal with, but I didn't have any choice. So <laughs> I put the head down, I work. It must be frustrating when you say you get critics who are just talking about what's happening on the pitch, but there's so much happening off the pitch that they don't know, nobody knows about. No, they didn't know. No one knew because I, ne- I never opened on them. I never talked. What, your t- did I... your teammates know? Yeah, they knew, obviously, because they were living with me. But they were so good with me, you know, they made me laugh so much and, and they were good. I remember going... And Gail Clichy taking me to a, to a show called Africa Africa in a, in London in Otto Arena with his whole family because I knew Gail from the national team and he was he was really close to me and uh, he really helped me to to go through even though all the guys you know they, they they made me laugh and they made me realize that 
you know, I'm still blessed. No matter what happened, it's a blessing, and and I have to go forward. And and everyone was good at the club, even the coach. Everyone talked to me in a, in a way that to help me. But you know, <laughs> then it, it's something personal, and yeah, of course, of course. And at some point, it catch you back, you know. But talking to to Neil, his name was Neil, the psychologist, the psychologist. It, I think it it helped me a lot. It helped me a lot because maybe he had a, a different a different point of view. He used to see me from 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 a different way, and he realized that, for example, my my uh, my vision was empty. You know, I was I was here, but not here. And uh, and he came to me one night. He came up to me before a game, and he said, "Can I talk to you?" I said, "Yes, of course." So he got to my room, and he said, "Look, I realize that you're here, but you're not here." And I said, "What do you mean?" And he said to me, "Oh, but I observed you since uh, a bit of time, and uh, and you're here, but your mind is taken somewhere else." And he made the link with what happened, and I uh, I naturally opened up to to him, and uh, he's a great guy, honestly. And then that changed you on the pitch as well. Did that help your football to come back? It did, yeah. I felt like, okay, I let it go now. It's time for me to, to step up. It's time for me to, to try to forget and just enjoy. Just enjoy it and just enjoy the fact that I'm wearing the shirt and it's not down to everyone. And uh, little by little, by, I came back playing to my best. Yeah, and, and I, I think that 2010-11 season, when you were named in the team of the, the team of the season again the Premier League team of the season again Arsenal looked like they were going to win trophies you were back on form do you think you you were back to your best at that at that point I felt so good and I felt I felt really good honestly and uh, until I got injured until I broke my leg in Tottenham but uh, I felt so good and you know I was uh, I was feeling great and and uh, another injury happened so it's just uh, I believe it was a test and I had to to manage to go through it, and I, I've been through it, you know. Did the, did the players ever talk amongst themselves about getting that trophy? Because this was the time when Arsenal were so close to winning trophies. Everyone was looking at them, certainly had the best, some of the best players in the country, but just couldn't get over the line. Did the players talk about that much amongst themselves? No, we didn't realise, to be honest. We just played, we just played game by game, and... We were winning a lot of games, but obviously, and eventually, when we had to perform on certain game, we were failing. Why? I don't know. Maybe because we put too much pressure on ourselves. But most of the game we had to to play, we played and we played well and we won. But for example, when we had to play against the top four, it was we found it difficult to play against top four teams at that time. But you don't know. You still don't know the reason why, because the talent was there. There's no doubt that the players were good enough. I believe we underevaluated ourselves by seeing them like playing for Chelsea. Image-wise, was something different. They used their image a lot. They used to be the big players in the national team, and they used to talk about about them more than they talked about us. So maybe in our head, they were bigger players than us. But on the pitch, we had we had as much quality as as they had, whenever we played and we we played the Arsenal way, no one could beat us. I believe no one could beat us. We used to play simple passes, one, two touches max, and and it was smooth, you know. And uh, and I believe we we under evaluated ourselves, which is a big mistake in life. Was that frustrating for you as a someone who 
as you, you've always been professional, you're a leader, you, you've always been very consistent as a player. And I remember that you were often the player when we had lost, you were the, the guy that went and had to speak to the media and to say, you know, we can bounce back. That must have been difficult for you to keep saying that and, and not really saying what you truly believed. I believed we could. <laughs> I always believed we could. And I always been honest with the press and I always let my my mind out, you know. I always spoke my mind. And I will always and no matter whenever I say it like we could bounce back, we could. We could have done. It. Even if we lost points, because any any team can lose points. We had the quality I knew and I was aware of the quality we had in the team. As long as we were confident and we played, we could beat anyone. We could beat anyone. I remember the game we played against against Barca at home. No one could see us winning, but the way we played, and I believe we dictated the game. We stopped them from playing the game and we, we beat them at home. So it's a statement. Not everyone could do it, but we did it even with young players, even with young Jack Wilshire, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a symbol of uh, how good we were. But at some point, when we had to perform and when we had to, to step up and, and make another statement, sometimes we're feeling like, like the, the Carlico final against Birmingham, where we should have won. Do you think things would have been different had we won that trophy? Would we have gone on to win more trophies? Not necessarily, because every single season is different. And whenever you win a trophy, maybe some sometimes you have a setback because you get overconfident and you stop working the way you should. But I think for 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 morality of the team, it would have been it would have been great, you know, to cut the the sayings and everyone talking about us failing. And maybe it would have been good to to, to win a trophy earlier. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How difficult was it for the team to deal with the captain leaving quite often? Because Cesc Fabregas left when he was one of the best players in the world. Robin Van Persie left. What effect did that have on the rest of the team? Well, eventually, and obviously we're not happy because when you see a top quality player leaving, for him it's good because if he's performing and if it is time to leave, it's time to leave, you know. I will never criticize someone for leaving or for for taking his own his own way. But as a player, of course, you want to keep playing with the best players and they were the best players. Cesc was outstanding, you know. I think he won the World Cup with Spain, he was regular in the Spanish team. It was vital in our offensive play, and uh, and Robin was <laughs> wasn't real in front of the goal. He was clinical. Everyone who was shooting was goal, and and it's always difficult to to see players leaving. But one more time, you have to deal with it, and you have to adapt. And we had to. Um, and let's move on then back to the football. And 
still looking for trophies, Arsenal, into your seventh year. And that was the season when we did finally manage to get that trophy, um, the 2014 FA Cup. Tell us about your memories of, of the day, the final itself, because Arsenal were under a lot of pressure going into that game. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were under a lot of pressure because now it was the day. A special day. I call it a special day because I knew I was leaving also. So it was a very emotional day for me personally and for the team also because we had in mind the 2011 Cup final against Birmingham and we couldn't fail. We couldn't fail anymore because it was the right time for us to win trophies. And I knew personally it was my last chance to win a trophy with my team. And thanks God we did. <laughs> I keep, you know, you know, until today I keep, I keep watching the replay. How do you? I do. <laughs> I do because it was a crazy game. The scenario of the game was mental, you know. And when I see I have Grisbane watching the game, I have Grisbane. And, and the way I fell after 10 minutes was terrible because I had, I had tears coming. I was thinking, no, I, can, I cannot leave that way. No matter what and how much it will take, we will win that game. And I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live on the defeat. And I don't want to live losing. I don't want that image for my life, you know. And, and we managed to come back at 2-2. Big atmosphere, nice day. And, uh, and the fans, the fans were pushing us a lot, you know. I, could, I, I, I can still see image of, of the face. I can still see everything. I can still see everything when, whenever we are to tuning down. They were like down and her fans were, were, were singing a lot. The fans kept singing and it helped us a lot on the pitch. Whenever we scored the first goal, I knew we were coming back because they start being tired and we, we start taking all the game. We start playing with more freedom. And yeah, after scoring the second goal, they were, they were tired and we were, we, they couldn't stop us. So at, at full time, when the final whistle went, Tell me your emotion when the whistle went and you realised you'd, you'd won, the, won the cup. Well, it was something special, you know, because that was my dream, to win something with my team. I did, but I was sad at the same time because... <laughs> now you're taking my emotion out, you know. <laughs> and I was sad at the same time because I knew it was my last game. So a mix of feeling. It was a nice feeling, of course, because winning is special. But I was sad at the same time because... I didn't want that moment to, to end. I wanted that moment to, to last. But it was it was kind of a goodbye. Because that was the end of, as you said, you knew it was your last game, your, the end of your contract. How, how long had you known? Had it been going on all season, negotiations between you and the club that you might still stay? Was there a chance you could have stayed? No. No, because I made, my, I made up my mind uh, maybe one year earlier. Because, you know, when I was in Arsenal, I always gave my best. I always gave, I gave everything. And I was talking earlier about undervaluated someone in myself. And I always evaluated myself. And I believe at some point they didn't enough or I didn't feel they did, you know. And I went to the end of my contract. I played like, like there is no tomorrow, you know. Every single game was a war to me. And we had to win and I, I couldn't fail and I couldn't disappoint people. And I stayed on the same contract for six years, I believe. I never asked for anything. And until today, I will never ask anything to someone. But at some point, I was expecting like a kind of reward, you know. It's nice to, to feel love from the club. And, and it, it never came. So one year before the end of my contract, I was thinking, look, 
okay, now what, what's what's next? You know, you're reaching maybe the end of your contract. You're going to be 31, and uh, and the love didn't came. They were loved, but not you know. Maybe I was dreaming too much. Maybe I was thinking like it's a fairy tale, you know. I would play and finish my my career in Arsenal. So, do you have any regrets now about that time when you look back about how it how it ended? Yes, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't want to live that way. I left in a hurry, you know. I couldn't say bye to the people. I I didn't say bye properly, and it was ugly, you know. The way I left it was really ugly. I came back to the stadium and no one was booing me. You know? It was a shock <laughs> to me. It was a shock. <laughs> yeah, not everyone, not everyone back was booing well, you. A lot of people at the stadium. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know they did because they loved me in a way, but I didn't expect this kind of return, you know. Because to me, I gave it all, and obviously, no one know what happened deep inside. They didn't dig in to see what happened and why I left, and the reason I left. They only saw I left for Man City, and they made a link with money. They had a choice, and to 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 be upset at me, you know. At the end of the day, I can't do much, but I didn't like the way I left, and it it's it's ugly, you know. So are you still an Arsenal man now, though? Are your, are your family still Arsenal fans? I'm, I remember seeing pictures of your um, the kids, I think, on social media with Arsenal tops. So he's a saying, once a gunner, always a gunner, no? So you yeah. still follow, you're still in touch with people at Arsenal? You still follow the team? I still follow the team, yeah. Whenever I can, I can, I watch again. If Arsenal plays, I have to watch. When they score, I, I'm happy deep inside. I don't show it a lot, but I'm happy. <laughs> <'cause> I'm happy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And now you're um, in Montreal in Canada. Are you still playing for Montreal? I'm not. I'm not anymore. I, uh, I played here for one year and a half. And at the minute, I'm an ambassador for the team, you know. So I'm going to try to help the team as much as I can. Uh, try to bring my own experience because I had uh, the chance to play for Arsenal and City. Big teams, big uh, organizations. And I believe the team here has a, has a good potential to perform in the MLS. Do you ever fancy going into coaching or anything like that? I will. I was supposed to pass my coaching badges in May, because I had uh, had the feeling I have to give back to to people, to kids, or whoever who I can give it back. The way I learn and the things I learn through football, with any single coach, I learn something and I have to give it back. And if it was maybe a few years earlier, I would have said no. I don't want to be a coach. I want to cut football for my life because it takes a lot of time. I want to spend more time with my family. But football is in my blood, so. Now I, I might pass my badges as soon as the situation is, is cleared. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll start from, from there. And are there any plans to come back to London? At the minute I'm here, I, uh, my family is happy here. I like it here, but you never know. I love London. I still have my house in London. To watch football is the best place in the world. It's a great city. And, uh, and it's close to, to my hometown too. It's close to my home country. So <laughs> we never know. We never know. At the minute I'm happy here in Montreal. and. Uh, that's great back thanks very much for your time today it's um, been fascinating catching up and, and going back down memory lane speaking about your days at Arsenal it's uh, great to hear from you again thank you so much thank you okay and just at home if you've been enjoying this series then please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe as well wherever you get your podcasts from so until next time thanks for listening Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 